listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy, the number one Australian weekly trucking podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. We're here to bring an independent voice to truckies right around Australia. So please do us a favour, listen in on your favourite podcast platform, hit like and subscribe, leave a comment and don't forget to tell your mates about us. On the Road is brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. Welcome back for episode 53 of On the Road. On this week's show, Mike catches up with our young mate Sam Hughes, the travelling jackaroo, to see where he's up to in his travels around Australia on his old tractor. We hear an update from Tony Fulton after last week's dramatic happenings, and Mike talks driver training in something to talk about later in the show. We've got some topical comedy from Arge Barker and great new music from Eric Clapton and Van Morrison, plus a thought-provoking ballad from Jason Aldean that most of us I'm pretty sure will be able to relate to. There's our regular on-the-road news and a whole lot more, so... Let's get this show on the road! Yes, get on with it! G'day, I'm Yogi from Outback Chuckers, and when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road, but when we're on the road, we're listening to the big rigs on the road. <laughs> this is Simon Smith here from the Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Truck and radio is what we do across Australia 24-7. Loads of truck and classics every hour. If you'd like to drop us a line, love to hear from you at some stage. Our email address, bigrigradio at yahoo.com.au. Catch it down the road and take it steady out there. The Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. What happens when you combine 152 years of musical genius? Well, you get the latest release from blues master Eric Clapton with an anti-lockdown protest song he put together with the man himself, Van Morrison. Proving that legends only get better with age, here's Stand and Deliver.
driver Or keep on flogging a dead horse Do you want to make it better Or do you want to make it worse Stand and deliver You let them put the fear on you But not a word of it is true If there's nothing you can say There may be nothing you can do I've got Sam Hughes with me, the traveling jackaroo. Put your game face on, Sam. How are you, mate? <laughs> game face on, mate. Where are you? Up in Daly Waters. What is it at the moment, mate? The best pub in the Territory with some of the best staff I've ever known. <laughs> you just dropped in and out, mate. Oh, yeah, the reception's a bit patchy. You got me now? I've got you there now, mate, yeah. I won't move. You won't move? <laughs> nope, dead still. Right, oh, so we've got you back there, Sam. You're up in Daly Waters. How's things up there, mate? Is it a bit warm? Mate, it's not too warm yet, but it's starting to get up there. Right. Yeah, it's beautiful weather. So how long are you planned on staying in Daly Waters for? Uh, a couple of days. I'm heading off tomorrow. Been here a few days already. So where are you going? I'm heading up to Catherine. Right, eh? And then up to Darwin. Right, eh? Well, buddy, Darwin's a nice place to be, mate. You, are you going to spend a couple of weeks up there? Certainly. Oh, well, no, a couple of weeks. Probably a couple of days in Darwin. Yeah. I'm just trying to get out of the wet season before it starts or the build-up really kicks off. Yep. Just because I don't have aircon or power steering or anything. Yep. So it gets a bit warm. Right, eh? But, yeah. So you've done well. You've got across the country pretty well. How's Slim holding up? Slim's holding up fantastic, mate. I've been working around, fixing things. Yep. You know, adjusting everything and keeping them running. You just dropped out again. Oh, bugger. <laughs> it's all right. We'll just do the best we can. It'll give Andy something to do anyway with the editing to try and make it all make sense. Uh, yeah. Yep. I've been looking at Slim there. You've been stacking a little bit of extra stuff on there, mate. You've got a bloody helicopter or a gy- gyrocopter sitting on top of it there now. Yeah, well, I thought the tractor looked a bit too boring and <laughs> this gyrocopter came along, so I thought, well, if I'm ever taken away from a trailer, I want people to still know what I'm fundraising for. <laughs> so. so how's all the fundraising going for Dolly's Dream and all those things? Do you want to give them a plug? Yeah, it's going good. I've raised near, near on 50,000 for the Flying Doctor and Drought Relief. Did you say that you've raised nearly 50,000? 50,000. Hang on, you dropped in and out again, mate. I um, should be standing in the spot with the best reception in the pub. <laughs> it's a miracle we can even talk to you at all. Yeah. Well, I'm sitting over here in Port Edland. You, you're going to have to give me a yell when you get over this far. I reckon you're going to come down around this way, aren't you, eventually? I will, mate, I will. But yeah, I'll just be past way probably a month or two actually yeah right eh? oh well keep me posted mate i'd like to catch up with you in person when you get here sounds good mate we'll give you a few hundred dollars for one of your favorite charities oh thank you that'd be fantastic and i'll slap an on the road sticker on your tractor if you'll let me mate you can put two or three on i'd be <laughs> happy to do that for you oh uh, look i'll tell you what mate i'm very very proud of you you've, you've done a wonderful job Thank you. I've been watching with interest what you've been doing on Facebook and everything like that. You're a hard man to keep up with and a hard man to catch up with. <laughs> Sometimes. So uh, have you got a love interest yet, mate? Or people have been asking me, has, he, has Sam got a love interest yet? No, mate, I don't have a love interest yet. <laughs> just you and the puppy, you and Bitsa. For the time being, mate, it's just me, the pup and the bird. <laughs> you don't know how lucky you are, Sam, really. Oh, mate, some days, mate, some days. Some days. All right, mate. Well, I'll tell you what, when you get into a bit better phone service, yep, you can get hold of Andy or myself and we'll, we'll give you a, a bit of time there. But I'm dead set serious, mate. When you get down around here, catch up with me, mate. I'll be very happy to see you. Sounds good, mate. I'll look forward to talking to you then. I appreciate it, Sam. You take care of yourself, mate. Drive safely and keep up the good fight. You too, mate. I'll talk to you later. Right, Righto. Thanks, Sam. Bye. Bye. So that was Sam Hughes, the travelling jackaroo. And catch up with him when he gets down around Port Edland here and we'll uh, help his charities out. He's a great young bloke. Follow him on Facebook, The Travelling Jackaroo, 
and send him a bit of money if you can. He's raising money for several charities, principally Dolly's Dream, the RFDS and Drought Angels. He's a great young bloke, got his heart in the right place, and I really do think we should support him. Kermie here from Trucking with Kermie. I listen to On the Road podcasts every week on the Australian Big Rigs Road Show. And when that's done, you might like to pop over to Trucking with Kermie on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there, and in the meantime, take care of you. It's time for That's What You Think. Now, we all know my mate Tony Fulton of Tone's Trucking Stories had his little bit of a protest there last Monday. We saw the fallout from all that. I've tried to talk to Tony a couple of times since then. He hasn't been available to have an interview, but he has released a few things on his social media page, and he did tell me that it was perfectly okay to just play that as a statement of where he's at at the moment. Have a listen to what Tony had to say here from the recorded piece on Facebook. Sorry about the sound quality, but it gives you a pretty good overview about how he's feeling and where he's going down the track. G'day guys, how you going? So it's been a little while, been a massive week, hasn't it? So, you know, I've just taken a little bit of time out over the past week to, you know, dissect what sort of happened, you know, assess the data and, you know, all that type of stuff. But I must say that the support after last week has been extremely overwhelming. Um, thousands of messages there and I'll, I promise I'll get to you all as soon as I can. But um, I think overall, um, I ho- hopefully we gave people a little bit of hope and and a bit of direction of, you know, we, we do want change and, and a lot of us are staying together and, and want that, that freedom of speech. As I say, the support, uh, we had people giving us chocolates, hugs, all sorts of stuff. Even the other day, I had a young lass when I pulled up in town, you know, just a, a pea plater, um, came over, gave me a six pack of beer and just wanted to give me a hug and was almost in tears and saying thank you. I mean, so that those little things, they just mean so much about, you know, what, what we're doing to, to try and help our fellow man is, you know, we're doing the right thing there. So. To everyone out there that's given us support, thank you so much. And, you know, we're, we're sort of just working out what our next steps are, or I am in particular. So did we did we have a little win on the day? I think we did. I think we did. You know, we, we got the message across. It got out there. And, you know, just, just small things. The bill that we were talking about with Craig Pe- Kelly did go to Parliament. Very disappointed in the fact that... Um, Every other parliamentary member sat on their hands with it. But I have got word that, you know, within the states at the moment, there's a lot of rumbling going on. So everyone out there, keep keep fighting a good fight, people, to, you know, get back our freedoms and that type of stuff because it's extremely important to do. Where to from here for me, do you ask? Well, I'm still not 100% sure, but I'm getting a lot closer on that. And that's why I wanted to take this week off to just sit back, even have a couple of beers and, and assess it. So when it comes to work, I'm still not 100% sure where that one stands because I want to stand by my beliefs and that still effectively means I'm going to be out of work. I'd like to just point out too that um, has nothing to do with MK Trucking or Mick or anything like that. And I actually recommend get behind him and, and that company, because he stood behind us and plays, played a massive role um, just, just with that support and a, a great friend. So if you do have freight and transport, please hit them up and give them the work because um, I couldn't be more thankful. So where am I at uh, going from here? So what I'm sort of thinking is, you know, I, I am all about, you know, supporting local community and, and that type of stuff. So. I'm trying to work out ways that uh, can continue this movement going forward to those that can't speak. And one is actually, we literally had thousands of people reach out to us as nurses, police officers, and um, doctors saying that, you know, they're pre, uh, sorry, pro-choice and and are actually have a, a lot of dramas with the So if those people can actually reach out to Beef It Up Australia with a small testimonial, that would be fantastic because one of our next movements might be putting together a whole heap of footage and sending that to parliamentary members, which we know right at the moment they're they're a little bit like this of what's going on because if we keep speaking up and, you know, showing that this is not the way we want to live our lives, we want pro-choice and, 
you know, want the responsibility put back on us, then that's that's going to say a lot going forward. So keep going, people. Keep going with it. For me, you know, got to have a look at, you know, doing some stuff for local communities, possibly with Beef It Up and, and some others, and really promote those businesses that are going to get shut down or are going to struggle. So when we sort of get out of these lockdowns, which will hopefully be soon if we keep pushing it and, you know, it gets turned on its head, then it's going to be about rebuilding. And, you know, I really want to get behind a lot of these businesses that are, that are on their knees at the moment but are on the same page as us. So I, I think that's where a lot of my efforts going forward is going to be spent as well as, in all honesty, um, with other business that I'm part of, TruckWiz Navigation, I'm going to be able to spend a lot more time really working on that because we've got B-doubles coming out hopefully soon. So we really want to push that one as well. So for me, I, I think it's a, a very positive thing that my hand is almost being forced to a certain extent by the government to make some decisions for my, my business and personal life going forward. And when I totally work those ones out, you'll be the first to know. But uh, as I say, safe and well at my end here and and you know I, I couldn't be more thankful to, to all you people that that supported us and you know giving us hugs it, it really has been overwhelming anyway guys that's it for for me right now but if you want to hit up beef it up australia if you want to make a testimonial about um anything to do with what you think and or need some support with uh, small businesses please hit them up right now that's what they're all about cheers guys Just a quick word about our sponsors. Go to our webpage, www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au and you can see who the friends of the show are. And if their products are something that you are interested in or something that you may need, please support them because they support us and they bring our show to you. Trevor Warner runs this page called The Driver's Advocate on Facebook, which is an open page. Anyone can join it and get information about what's going on in the trucking world. The page was set up to advocate for the fair work thing that Trevor was working on. So we have a bit of talk about that and a few other things that are interesting in trucking this week. Trevor, mate, how are you? G'day, Mike. Good to be here again, buddy. So you're driving along in the big Volvo at the moment, mate. I am. I am. I should be parked up, but... As every truckie knows out there, we had a few plays in Brisbane this morning, so yep. I've got about an hour to go and I can pull the brakes on and go to bed. <laughs> Lucky you. I'll tell you what, mate, there's not a lot of the background noise from that big Volvo, mate. It's just a good job you're not driving a Camelot, you wouldn't be able to talk. Oh, absolutely. You know, the drivers bag out the Volvos until they get their backsides in the seat and then they, they soon change their mind. <laughs> yeah, I did enjoy that Mercedes when I had a drive, mate. It was nice. I do like the bonnet, though. I, I just love the bonnet. Yeah, we've got a couple of new Macs, actually, the new Anthems, and the, the boys that are in them uh, quite like them. It hasn't got the super big bunk, but they're pretty happy with it. Yeah. But I believe it's all Volvo suspension and everything now. Yeah. So if we can't get the roads fixed, at least we can smooth it out a little bit. <laughs> a long chat with Rod about it the other day. It's just unbelievable, isn't it, some of the crap that we've got to put up with up there. Have you driven up the Fitzroy Development Road lately? I've gone up there a couple of times, but when we're doing bananas that are up top, I do a bit of running down the middle, mm. out to Torrens Creek, down across the dirt, yep. through to Bar Calden, down that way, and yeah, it's got some interesting spots through it. Yeah, that bloody Leichhardt's not real bloody good either. It's unbelievable. There's some big bumps out there that you've got to hang onto your coffee cup, otherwise it'll end up on the floor. That's right, yeah. I actually smacked my head into the roof up there near Mooney one day when I was going up to Rocky up the back way. Unbelievable. Oh, ouch. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what that nine was like. I used to drive, mate. I'm a big boy, and that roof's pretty close to the top of your head. It hurts. Sure is. All right, mate. So we're going to talk about the Driver's Advocate page and what it was for. Where we're at at the moment, mate. What's going on? Well, it all kicked off, like you said, with the uh, the Fair Work Commission. I sort of, when I first got onto Facebook, there was a lot of chatter about what we're supposed to be paid and there was guys on there that were really getting the rough end of the pineapple on sham contracts. And we slowly got the information out there. So it was suggested to me that I set up a dedicated Facebook page as one central direction instead of trying to follow chats all through Facebook. 
So we did that and we put up the awards and we got quite a lot of interest uh, right from the start. Yeah. People just going on uh, and then asking specific questions about what classifications they are and what they should be paid and if the boss was doing the right thing. Yeah. So we got a really good response. And my way of thinking is the more informed drivers are, the better they are at their job and the better the industry that we can build. Last couple of weeks, we've had a bit of a spike in membership, but that was more around the truckies blockade. Yeah. But at the same time, we're still getting a lot of questions from new drivers coming in the industry, just general questions on the award. A few of them had problems and they couldn't understand how the Fair Work Commission works, how the Fair Work Ombudsman works. Some drivers thought that they were both the same and EBAs went to the Ombudsman and there was a lot of confusion. Yeah. So we've slowly sorted that out. Thankfully, this year, we haven't had too many drivers that are saying they're ripped off and, and sending pay slips through that we can have a quick look and analyse and explain their pay slip to them, what it all means. Because as you know, uh, over the years, with all the entitlements, they can make something look legal, but it's actually not. Yeah. You actually got to crunch the numbers to see how the kilometre rate and the travel allowance actually gets to the bottom line. And a few major companies there last year the bottom line was actually well below the modern award. Yeah. So it all looked good, but once you pulled out that calculator and crunched the numbers, they were pulling the wool over the driver's eyes. Yeah, well, this is the thing. And I mean, this is one of the reasons why I like your page, because as you say, I've seen a lot of guys that are asking questions. People don't have many places to go. And I suppose, I mean, you've got every right to ask your boss what you're being paid, why you're being paid it, and if you should be being paid X, Y, Z allowance or whatever. But it's my experience that guys don't seem to ask those questions of the boss. So I suppose it's a good way to find out what's going on and see what you really are entitled to because it's a minefield out there, isn't it? Absolutely. Even just working out classifications, like now we've got these PBS vehicles where we've got mini road trains and B triples, mm. and drivers are saying, hey, look, we should be getting paid more. Yep. But when you get into the nitty gritty and actually read the legislation, mm. the money doesn't change. B double through to a double road train through to a B triple, yep. the money doesn't change until you get up into the triple road trains. Yeah, it's just, it seems weird to me because you're doing all that extra work. It's one of those things that I've always said. You, know, you go from a single trailer to a B-double, then that, that's another half a truck that you're carting around. There's another you know, 50% more work, but you're not getting 50% more pay for it, are you? No, no, you're not. And with the PBS vehicles, mm. the government's touting them as the way of the future. Yep. But for safety, re allegedly safety reasons, they've restricted them to 90 kilometres an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got an extra 10% of work to make up and there's no extra money for it. If we worked under a different award... We would be paid for every hour that we worked and we'd have penalty rates, weekend penalty rates. Yeah. Even the ombudsman, I've had a few off-the-record conversations with a few of the investigators and they're absolutely amazed the difference between the awards and how we've drawn the short straw for some reason. Yeah, well, there are no shortage of sharks in this game, are there? Just there's some are very big and they'll bite you really hard and some will just take a little bit of a nibble. It just seems it's not uncommon to get a bit of a nibble taken out of you. I don't know about you, mate, but I get really pissed off if I find out the boss has dudded me. Absolutely, especially when you're a conscientious worker and you go above and beyond and you have your bad days and you just grit your teeth and move on. Yeah. You, know, you overlook some things. But the biggest thing that we find is the award for long-distance drivers is quite simple. Yeah. There's really no need to modify it, and yet it seems to get modified quite often. Yeah. So if you're not trying to do something dodgy, why modify it? Yeah, well, it just seems it seems weird to me. Yeah. We'll be back right after this. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. 
For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. Having a chat to that Ben Charles, the tax guy there, and we're going to get him back on the show shortly to talk about tax returns again. But he was saying to me that if you don't get paid a meal allowance and you can't claim for your meals, it's, that's just stupid, isn't it? That's not actually, well, I'm not going to question him, but when you go to the ATO, mm. you can just do a quick search for uh, truck driver meal allowance or truck driver travel allowance. Right. And we've got our own document, which outlines it all there. And I remember one of the big refrigerated transport companies, a driver come to me and he said, well, hang on, this is a problem. And I've pointed him to the document. Yeah. I said, no, no, you just got to keep all your receipts. Yeah. And if you get queried, you've got your logbooks there. Yeah. But then the ATO asked them that they had to provide a letter. But basically what was going on was they did introduce a clause where if your meal allowance was underneath the reasonable amount that the ATO specified, yep. they didn't have to put it on your group certificate. So you still got your meal allowance, mm. but because it wasn't on the on the group certificate, the ATO queried it. Yep. But you just had to produce all your receipts and just and do what you normally do. All right. Well, maybe I've misunderstood then. Actually, now that you say that, that sounds better. It comes down to are you getting paid a bona fide travel allowance or not? Yeah. And I've heard some horrendous stories where drivers, are, they're getting underpaid on a weekly basis. Yeah. But then they put in their claim to the tax office and the next minute they've got an auditor ringing them saying, oh, we're going to audit you. And preliminary investigation shows that you've underfunded your tax liability. Yeah. So not only have they lost money in their wages on their take-home pay, yeah. now they're going to pay the ATO a lump sum at the end of the year as well. Yeah. And it just comes down to fancy accounting at the end of the day. Yeah. And the little bloke's getting screwed again. Absolutely. Yeah. I was at a transport yard probably six weeks, eight weeks ago now up north. And uh, I looked at the company vehicles parked in the yard. Mm. And I already knew what their EBA said. And I just shook my head and I thought, wow, you know. <laughs> if drivers actually understood what was going on, they'd be pretty cranky with the boss. Yeah, well... I've often said, mate, you're the bloke that's out there working bloody three o'clock in the morning and in the piss and rain unloading trucks. And the boss has gone home in his Malu ute to his bloody leather couch and a beer and his bloody 110-inch TV. I never thought I was a labour voter, but sometimes I think like... <laughs> I, think, I think to myself, bloody oh, some blokes get the mucky end of the stick sometimes. I really do. They do, and like I've spoken to... Uh, I'm just trying to think of his name now, down in Melbourne. Yeah. I met with his chief staffer and we gave her statements. Yeah. She just couldn't believe what we were saying, what was going on out there in the industry. And yeah. and at the end of the day, Labor wasn't in power. All, all they could do was ask questions. Yeah. We were just on a merry-go-round just going, and we couldn't get anything fixed. Yeah. It all come back to the drivers have got to go to the Fair Work Commission or go to the Ombudsman and sort it out themselves at the end of the day. Yeah. So taxpayers are paying all this money for all these government agencies and they make out as though that they're there to help. Yeah. But when you actually need their help, the amount of hurdles that you've got to jump through, yeah. and then they turn around and, and say, in one case, they just said, oh, the employer isn't picking up the phone. They're not returning our phone calls. Yeah. So we're closing your case. You'll, you'll have to pursue it yourself in court. It's unreal, isn't it? And our tax dollars are paying for that. Sometimes some of these decisions that are made just gobsmacking, aren't they? I mean, blokes trying to get what they're entitled to. I would have thought that fair work would be the place that you would go and they would make it happen and they would have the teeth to make it happen too. But they sometimes don't. Well, they sometimes don't. I understand they're not resourced very well. Yeah. I had one inspector contact me as a third-party liaison, and I just said, look, this is where the needle in the haystack is hidden. Yeah. Just go in there. You've got some pay slips, so you've got prima facie evidence of what's going on. Yeah. That's where the needle in the haystack's hiding. Yeah. And at the end of the investigation, the driver only got a pittance compared to what he was actually got ripped off, yeah. all because the investigation was, I believe, it was just too quick and it wasn't thorough enough. Yeah, no, well, that happens too. We've got to wrap up, mate. I'm, uh, I'm on me time limit. So the uh, Driver's Advocate Facebook page, mate, that's the place to go. It's a, That's an open to join thing, isn't it? You don't have to be anything special to go on there. Just be interested in what's going on, eh? Just be interested in what's going on. I have got a question there now to try and put a bit of a filter, and that's are you in road transport? Just to try and filter out the, the trolls yeah. and the political activists. Good luck with that. <laughs> Can only try, mate.
I'd encourage people to go to the Drivers Advocate page. If you've got any questions about payer entitlements or fair work or how to lodge a claim or anything like that, I know Trevor's very happy to answer questions. It's called the Drivers Advocate page for a reason. Thanks for coming on the show, mate, and helping me get some good information out there to the drivers. I'll catch up with you down the track. You drive safe. Thanks, Mike. I'll see you on the road. All right, mate. Arjan Singh is an American-born comedian who nowadays most of the time calls Australia home. We all probably know him better as Arj Barker. Here's his tongue-in-cheek take on lockdowns in Australia. Thank you very much. What a lovely welcome. And of course, I wouldn't expect any less because I've travelled all around this country and everywhere I go, people have always been nice to me and nice to each other. Let's face it, Australia is a friendly country. Until a global pandemic strikes. And then the various states and territories split up into feuding warlord realms. And it becomes something that more resembles Game of Thrones, like, lower the gates, raise the bridge. The Victorians approach. And I was here for all of 2020 and I did it hard with you guys. And now I know, now I know how it feels to be a leprous, feral outcast. But we did what we had to do, didn't we? And, and, and it wasn't fun. They said it was one of the strictest lockdowns in modern history. And it wasn't fun. Nobody liked it. Some people complained, like, Dictator Dan! <laughs> Dictator Dan did this to us. But I never said that. Because I think that's a pretty disrespectful way to refer to Warden Andrews. <laughs> He's just trying to do his job, man. How about we take responsibility, huh? We screwed up. We broke the law. And we had to go into our houses and stay there until we learned a lesson. And we did our time and we're back on the streets. But I wouldn't say we're free, it's more like parole. Because I know if we f up, we're going right back in. And I can't speak for all you other guys out here in Melbourne, but I admit it, I'm struggling on the outside. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night covered in sweat and for a split second, I think I'm back in the big house. And I am, because I live there. The, the, the pandemic is serious, and, 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 you know, we did what we had to do. Then they had a few cases up in Sydney around the holidays, and they'd had such a clean run up until then that they didn't know how to feel about it. Some people were indignant. They're like, what? What do you mean people from Sydney can't travel to Melbourne? The South remembers. <laughs> I mean, it's serious here, right? And I don't ever forget that. You know, people have lost their lives. But when you look compared to the rest of the world, you know, we are, we're doing pretty well, and we're pretty lucky. In fact, now Australia and New Zealand are talking about having a travel bubble between the two countries, which is pretty cool, but I'll probably just still go in an airplane, but I admit that <laughs> I'm impressed. I didn't even know we had that technology. But I just think it's gonna take a long time. You ever see how slow a bubble goes? It takes like an hour to cross a children's birthday party. Probably one of the toughest things right now is the interstate travel because every state has their own rules and regulations and they change constantly. And the only one that made sense was when New South Wales, I think it was them, they came out with the traffic signal system. And I love that because even if you've never heard of it, you already get it. It's based on a familiar object, a traffic signal. So it's so easy. It's like, are you in the red zone? Then stop. <laughs> Stay right where you are. Are you in the green zone? Then come on over. Are you in the yellow zone and you're close to the border? Then f***ing gun it, mate. <laughs> Get your ass over here before your zone turns red. Lovely crowd. Good night. Thank you. 
you need signage or graphics for your truck, trailer, van, boat, equipment or business, the Sticker Shed is the fast and cost-efficient large-format digital print and vinyl cut graphic business that can meet all your needs. They specialise in signs, graphics, decals, stickers, banners, one-way window signage and even large-scale canvas prints. Don't be fooled by the name, the Sticker Shed has a fully mobile production facility, which means they can manufacture your signage or graphics on the spot. Even if they're not in your area, they can still custom make your signs, stickers and graphics and ship them to you. For more information or to obtain a quote, send an email to brett at thestickershed.com.au, visit the Sticker Shed Facebook page or call Brett on 0412 105 151. The Sticker Shed, their business is making your business look great. Line number one, you're supposed to have it all together And when they ask how you're doing, just smile and tell them, never better We just wanted to stop by for a moment and say, g'day, how are you? No, I mean, how are you, really? Physical and mental health is a significant issue for the Australian road transport and logistics industries. Risk factors like long hours, workplace isolation, pressure to meet deadline deliveries and the need for continual alertness all contribute to making us vulnerable to physical and mental health issues. As much as it might feel that way sometimes, you are not alone. There are some incredible people and organisations in our industry whose sole focus is on helping you to stay healthy in body, mind and spirit. All these numbers and addresses are listed on our website at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Take care of yourselves. We really just want to see everyone get home safe and well. Hey everyone, this is Jane Denham and you're listening to Mike and Andy On The Road. On The Road News is brought to you by Big Rigs, Australia's national road transport newspaper. Hey, Mike, it's the first show for our second year, mate. Yeah, I'm excited. We've got a great year ahead, mate. I've lined up some great guests for the coming next few shows anyway. Brilliant. I've got old mate Pete from FLIR to talk to. It's going to be great. No, that's going to be exciting. That's good stuff. Yeah, there's a few other things that are like in the wind, you know. Mm -hmm. Have you come up with a supercar driver yet? Not yet, no. They're pretty light on the ground at the moment. Are they? That's on you, that story, you know. No, is it? Okay, I'll get on to that. I think you should. Just refer to me as the Hall of Mirrors, mate. I'll look into it for you. <laughs> Good on you. <laughs> Good gear. Well, mate, just very quickly, we can't let a show go past without me sharing something about the missus, but <laughs> heaven forbid she ever starts listening to the show. Mate, I'm recording it all. It's okay. I'll send it to her. Yeah, good on you. When I was leaving for work this morning, she said to me, mm. have you noticed how our neighbour always kisses his wife goodbye when he leaves for work? Why don't you do that? <laughs> I said, well, I suppose I could, but I've never really met the woman. <laughs> Just, I knew that was coming. <laughs> oh. Yeah, almost predictable, that one. It is almost predictable, that one, isn't it? Yeah. All right, mate, onward and upwards then. The Queensland Forensic Crash Unit is investigating a multi-vehicle accident involving two trucks and three cars in a Brisbane suburb on Wednesday morning that caused the death of one of the truck drivers and injuries to four others. Yeah, the forensic group are uh, looking for a little bit of information about this. The accident happened at 7.13am on the Gympie Arterial Road and Linkfield Road. Mm. So five vehicles involved. The preliminary investigations indicating the semi-trailer and a flatbed collided, hitting three other cars, two of which were waiting to turn into Linkfield Road. So the driver of the semi-trailer, a 62-year-old from Morayfield, was pronounced deceased at the scene, mm. and four others were transported to the Royal Brisbane and Women's Hospital for treatment for non-life-threatening injuries. So if anyone's got any information, they can obviously get hold of the police at Morayfield, I suppose, and the Forensic Crash Unit will be interested to talk to you. If you've got dash cam or someone saw something, literally happened right on that corner. So any information that we can get from people that may have seen it would help probably explain how this tragedy happened. Yeah, I saw uh, footage of after the event on the news. It was not a pretty sight. Right. Yeah. yeah, no, it never is, mate. It never is. Mm. Mate, freight operators in New South Wales are experiencing more reliable and safer journeys with a new bridge at Tanandra now open to traffic. 
You've got some big names to pronounce there too. <laughs> uh, there, look, there are a couple in here. I sort of tried the tongue twister there before, hmm. and it's the new Wan Bobby Road Bridge. Well done. Which is the boost for the New South Wales Road. Uh, okay. Get Wan Bobby out and then trip over freight. Well done, go me. <laughs> the new Wan Bobby Road Bridge is a boost for the New South Wales freight operators, as you say. The Minister for Regional Transport and Roads, Mr Paul Toole, said the new two-way concrete bridge replaced the single-lane structure that was only limited to 25 tonne. So they've got 130,000 tonnes of freight going along Wan Bobby Road each year. Mm. Doesn't sound like much, does it? 130,000 tonnes? I would have thought it would be more than that. But anyway... yeah. The member of the Legislative Council, Mr. Sam Faraway, said the new bridges made journeys more reliable, particularly during periods of wet weather. Yeah. Project helped to keep the local economy ticking along at a challenging time. It provided 36 jobs while it was being built, made up of council employees and councils regularly engaged contractors since the work started in July 2020 and cost them 1.2 million bucks. That's not too bad for a whole bridge, is it? No, it's not bad. I thought it would be more than that. Probably only about five feet long, is it? I don't know. What was the river it goes over? The river? Hmm. Martha Guy Creek. There you go. Yeah. That's not a hard one. No. Martha Guy Creek. <laughs> not after one bobby, it's not. <laughs> so, Tanandra. So it's the Martha Guy Creek crossing at the one bobby road bridge, Tanandra, and it is now open to traffic. Enjoy. Excellent work. Thank you very much. Mike, in what the Minister for Transport and Roads describes as a huge win for the freight industry, the entire length of the Newell Highway has now been open to road trains. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I opened it up to quads, though, I wonder. Can I get over there and have a drive and something big? Give it a go. See what they say, mate. 36.5 metre long is the uh, limit for the PBS Level 3 vehicles. Yeah. So uh, you now have end-to-end access on the Newell. Minister for Regional and Road Transport, uh, Paul Tool described it as a huge win for the freight industry, and it is. Uh, it is a game changer for people moving product along one of the state's most important freight corridors. They trialled the uh, expanded road train access through the drought and again through last year's grain harvest, hmm. and it's potentially reducing truck movements by as much as 40%. Well, it does, but it's bigger trucks though, so 36.5 metres. They're big road trains, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. 26 metre B-doubles and all that sort of thing. It's great. It just, obviously, if you're going to be out there driving and you're on that bit of road, probably one of the drivers of the trucks most likely to be listening to this show. But, yeah, you know, just take it easy. Be a little bit courteous. Take a little bit of extra time and try and keep everyone safe. That's our role as professional drivers. Yeah. But a 40% reduction is nothing to be sneezed at, is it? No, no, it's great. I mean, the freight task is only ever getting bigger. Obviously, if we can use less trucks, we can use obviously less drivers, but it gives us a chance to sort of consolidate the freight task and get things done. And any of these improvements make our business more profitable. Mm. And at the end of the day, profitability keeps us in work and keeps us in jobs. That's what it's all about. So, you know, we're not playing games. We're we're ready to do the job. Yeah, for sure. And mate, to finish this up for the week, we don't very often do a human interest sort of story. That's because I'm not interested in humans. <laughs> I'm only interested in trucks, mate. I shouldn't say that, should I? The two kind of go hand in hand. But it's a really nice feel-good story about two young sisters from Brisbane who've moved from the Big Smoke to Morven, that's out Charleville Way, yeah. to take over at the local truck stop. And, and the business, and amongst other things, is going really well for them. <laughs> Laura Josie and Mary Josie, 29 and 26 respectively, from Brisbane. So I'll tell you what, it's a big move to go out to Morven from Brisbane, isn't it? It would be. So it sounds like 250 people, so that, I mean, they'd have had that much on the, on the street block they were living on, probably. Mm. But it's about eight hours west of Brisbane, as you say, about an hour from Charleville. It's only a couple of hours from Roma. Yep. Their parents brought the freehold local service station and had the place leased, but that didn't work out. So they decided to go out there and have a bit of a go. Mm, give it a crack, as they say. Have, let's have a crack. Yeah. Let's pull our socks up and have a red-hot go. Mm. So they did. Mm. But since taking over the Morven truck stop, the sisters have been able to double their turnover, so that's a good thing. Yep. They're obviously doing something right. Absolutely. And they reckon there's still a bit of room for improvement. Mm. They've added a, at a rural store to the back of the truck stop and are planning on making other upgrades in the near future. They've got toilets and showers and things like that for the drivers, so they're obviously looking after that. 
Now here's the interesting bit, right? This is the this is the farmer wants a wife bit, but it's the truck stop girl wants a husband bit by the sound of it. Okay. Along with finding success through this truck stop, Mary has found love too. She's going to be getting married in just over a week, so they're probably getting married now. <laughs> this weekend coming. Probably are. She met Duncan McNair after he made numerous visits to the truck stop. Maybe there was more to it than just good food. That sounds like a good Kenny Scott name, doesn't it? Duncan McNair. Does, doesn't it? Mm. Anyway, the short story is they're getting married. It's just unbelievable, isn't it? That sort of stuff. Why are we even talking about this? Yes. Oh, look, let's let's be serious. Congratulations to the girls. Absolutely. Obviously, they're running a roadhouse out in a place like Morven. They're making a living out of it. More power to them. Love their work. And uh, obviously, the food must be pretty good. At least Duncan thought it was. So yeah, yeah. call in, have a feed, and uh, check the place out for yourself. And if you do, please say good day to the girls from uh, On The Road podcast and yeah. give us a review. But he send us a text message or something and tell us what the food was like. We'd love to know because I'm not going to get a chance to get there anytime soon. And get them to give us a ring too so we can have a chat with them. That'd be awesome. Get the story from the horse's mouth and I mean that as respectfully as you can. <laughs> Anyone that can double their business and find love in a tiny little town, yep. I reckon is putting in the effort. Just quietly. That's right. Yeah. No doubt about that at all. Yeah. All right, mate. Well, let's... Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Don't go anywhere yet. Wait, there's more. Beep, 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 beep. I love that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, listen. I'm going to tell you about two episodes of absolute stupidity from our bureaucrats. Right. Only two. Only two. <laughs> I know. It's, it's a sampler. <laughs> As they relate to transport, right? Yeah. I know. On the Mitchell Freeway in Perth the other day, there was a truck broke down. Right. And the tow truck driver was made to split the prime mover off the trailer and leave the trailer in the middle of the freeway and tow the prime mover to safety. Hmm. Made to happen in two parts. So it took, instead of taking 20 minutes, it took 45 minutes, right? Yeah. We've blocked up a three-lane freeway for hmm. three hours. Hmm. Would you like to know why? I'd love to know. Because it was over length. Oh, right. It would have been over length. Okay, well, that, that makes perfect sense then. <laughs> makes perfect sense. Yeah. Let's just ruin everyone's day. Why couldn't we sit a couple of highway patrol cars behind him or a highway patrol car with the disco lights on, move him over to the left in the breakdown lane and get the road clear? So there you go. That's the first bit of stupidity. As our mate Larry the Cable guy would say, just get her done. Get her done. That's right. Yeah. yeah they're not getting it done, mate. That was To me, I heard about that and I thought to myself, my God. How stupid is that? Mm. Anyway, the next bit of blinding stupidity. Mm. There's a new rule over here in Western Australia about wide loads. Right. Over here... That's got nothing to do with your arrival, has it? <laughs> <laughs> I've got a wide load side on the back of my trousers, mate. Sorry, do go on. <laughs> there's, there's this rule that they've put in place now about wide loads so that the pilots can't send vehicles around to overtake the uh, the wide load. Mm. They've got to hold them until they come to a parking bay. This is escorted wide loads we're talking about. Yep. They've got to come to a parking bay and the wide load either goes into the parking bay or pulls up on the highway and directs the traffic through the parking bays to overtake. We've had a conversation for ages about how parking bays are few and far between, right? Mm. So on the road between Port Hedland and Newman from the Oski Roadhouse, where all these big quad road trains are running, counting iron ore, yeah. they're only doing like 90 kilometres an hour anyway. The wide loads are only doing about 90. The speed limit's 110 though, right? Right, yep. So here's the stupidity. All the truck drivers, the pilots and all that sort of stuff, we're all on UHF. We all know what's going on. We all know where the rest areas are. We just sit back, suck it up. You're a bit patient, right? Yep. This afternoon, I was in a queue behind two 5.2-metre-wide platforms. Right. These are used to cart the super heavy loads that you see. Yep. You know, like a million wheels on them. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we're sitting there in the queue, and obviously the empty quads are going down to the mine, and the loaded ones and everything are coming north. And here are all the cars pulling off the super suicidal overtaking moves trying to get past the queue of all these quads. Now, the quads are 60 metres long. Yeah. And an empty quad going the other way nearly cleaned up a buddy four-wheel drive with a family in it. Mm. Now, who, who do you blame? Do you blame the person that made the rule? That's who I blame. Mm. But, I mean, you can make all these shiny-ass bloody rules on, on the seat behind the desk in an office somewhere in Perth. Yep. 
but the safety decisions should be left to the people on the ground that are actually doing the job and making yep. decisions yep. about what's going on at the time in the circumstances that it's happening. Yep. You cannot make blanket rules like this. Mm. It's absolutely stupid. And I tell you that I already have made a complaint to the right person about it. Good. And he agrees with me thoroughly, mm-hmm. and we will see what happens. But it is absolute insanity. And you know, I agree that there is a risk when people overtake wide loads that it might go wrong. But I tell you what, it's absolutely guaranteed with the frustration people get when they get held up behind traffic that they will do stupid things, and the longer they're held up, the more stupid those things become. Yeah. Anyway... So that's a that's a beep, 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 stupid breaking news story for you, mate. I've had a vent now. I'm happy. Thank you very much. Oh, oh very good and very current. Thank you, mother, for the rabbits. <laughs> Indeed. All right, mate. Finish her up here. The thoughts for the week. Okay, hit me. Before you criticise someone, you should walk a mile in their shoes. That way, when you criticise them, you're a mile away and you have their shoes. <laughs> oh dear. Oldie bit of goodie. No, it's great. It's like it's walking a mile in a man's moccasins. Yes. <laughs> I've heard that adage before, mate. It's true, though. It's true. Yep. You know what my old man's favourite one was? What he told me. You know how you learn things from your old man? Hmm. His favourite thing to say to me is, are you listening to me, boy? He would say, are you listening, boy? And I would say, yes, Dad, I'm listening. He said, all right, here's a bit of advice for you. Hmm. Whenever the shit hits the fan, hmm. make sure you're the one wearing the raincoat. That's pretty wise. <laughs> I still don't know what it means. Maybe I'm thick. But it explains why you've been wearing a raincoat every time I've seen you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. It's funny you should mention that one because the second one is actually along similar lines and uh, right. unfortunately it, it mentions the wife again, but, you know, you get that. <laughs> if your wife ever says to you, would you like my advice, remember it's a mere formality. Whether you answer yes or no, you're going to get it anyway. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. God bless you, Mike. And all who sail upon me. Absolutely. See you, mate. mate. See ya. Bye. For all the latest industry news, go to www.bigrigs.com.au. This is Dane Sharp, and you're listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy on the Big Rig Roadshow. all the time looking for interesting things for our something to talk about segment and I often find those interesting things in the pages of our opinion section at the bigrigs.com.au website. Now Bill McKinley has written a piece and it's entitled Why Young Drivers Don't Know Enough About Trucks and you read through the bit and we find that the ATA has funded some research through the University of Newcastle and they've discovered that people aged between 17 and 25 only make up 12% of the population, but they account for 19% of Australia's road fatalities. It's not really a surprise. Younger people, it says in the article, are more prone to riskier or high-risk behaviour when they're driving. They're more likely to be on the phone. They're more likely to be distracted. They're more likely to be having games and all that sort of thing and probably not taking life as seriously as people who have left, managed to live a little bit longer. I remember when I was a young bloke, 17, 18, 19, I was 10 foot tall and bulletproof. We used to take some horrific risks when you think back, and the cars weren't as safe back then either. So the piece basically says it's time to rethink traditional road safety messaging and deliver campaigns that cut through. I remember seeing ads that were generated on television by the TAC, for example, no, pretty gruesome. And I don't know, I mean, what are we talking about when we talk about cut-through? I'm very interested to know what the listeners think about it because we spend a lot of money on this stuff. I've been talking about driver licensing and everything for a long time, and I really believe that kids these days get taught to pass a license. They don't get taught how to drive. They get taught how to pass the test. And I think there's something fundamentally wrong with that. And of course, once you've got your license, unless you choose to go on and do an advanced driver course or a defensive driver course or something like that, then you really don't have any more training when you go and get a heavy vehicle license. And it's the same for us. We don't really have any more training. I really do think this is important stuff and it's stuff to be talked about. The ATA obviously are pushing their Safety 360 program. 
That's sponsored by BP, NTI, Volvo and Australia Post. And of course, there's a bit of a slab of money from the Australian government there as well. I really would have liked to have had a look at this thing when I was back over east. I did try to get hold of it, but unfortunately I couldn't line it up. What do you think about driver training? Do we just teach people to pass the test? Should there be more mandatory training? Would it be a good idea to include a component of how to behave around trucks and make these things a part of the training? It never ceases to amaze me. You see the ads come off on Facebook all the time from some driving school that'll offer some one-day course and it'll rip a certain amount of hours off the mandatory logbook hours you have to have to learn to drive. And I really do think sometimes that this is just fundamentally wrong. We shouldn't be making it easier for kids to get licenses. We should be making it harder, in my view. Having a license is a privilege. At the end of the day, a car is a lethal weapon. You might not kill yourself, but you can certainly kill other people with it. It's a dangerous thing. I honestly don't think that in our mobile society, we value good driving as much as we probably should. Anyway, that's just something to think about. Thanks to Macca for his story. I reckon that's not a bad little story. Keep it safe out there. We'll catch you on the road. Our outro song this week is about a truck driver who has to work hard and sacrifice time with his loved ones to make ends meet. Sound familiar? Thought it might. Here's Jason Aldean with Asphalt Cowboy. for this week thanks for coming along for the ride on the road is proudly brought to you by nti australia's leading transport and logistics insurer be sure to join us again next week when mike says can we do a straight conversation and he says hello testing testing and our guest says we don't want to sort of sound big-headed until we catch up with you again next week play nice with each other and most of all stay safe out there bye for now the team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech, and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions. Sometimes late at night I see your picture by the dashboard light And it takes me where I'd like to be Wrapped up in a blanket there ribbons from your hair and your kiss girl that's what I miss still I drive these horses through the rain and snow this high speed rodeo is all